Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. One low light might have been when we were talking about how we can pray for forgiveness for our sins. Once we've done that, God wipes away the sin. So to illustrate that, it was suggested in Ed's book that we get some paper, we put it in a fireproof mug and we set it alight and it's gone. So the kids can sort of see, look, their sins are forgiven when they seek forgiveness. Although whilst I turned my back, the fire bit flopped out of the mug. So the whole breakfast bar <laughs> ended up kind of like, we would chuck water everywhere all over it. Hello, I'm Ed. This is the Faith in Parents podcast on the Faith in Kids stream. If that confuses you, sorry, we explain it a lot. It's great to have you with us. You found us. Now, normally, you get a lot of Amy and I talking. Today, we're going to talk less. Who are we going to listen to, Amy? Oh, we're going to hear from three different families all over the country about how family Bible times are going for them. I love hearing other people's stories. I love hearing that it's not just me. And I'd also love to hear more of them. Wouldn't you love to hear more of them, Ed? I'm going to be honest and say... Today, these are three families who are going really well. I, I know this won't, in, this won't encourage many of you, but please can you email us if it's going really badly or <laughs> email us please. after you've been in tears and then you've had a good one to tell, say, let me tell you about how when it went really wrong. Uh, I think Amy and I are far more open than these beautiful families about our failures, <laughs> discouragements and difficulties. And it's OK. It might just be Amy and I who are finding this. But if you want to tell us your stories, <laughs> contact us on our Twitter, Facebook or Instagram world, Faith in Kids on all of them, or email us podcast at faithinkids.org. Tell us a story, good, bad, indifferent, mediocre, excellent, awful. If you have a story, we want to hear it because we just want to know we're not alone. Okay, please contact us, podcast at faithinkids.org. Who are we going to listen to first, Amy? Uh, well, first up, we've got lovely Rachel, who's on our Faith in Kids team, talking to another lovely Rachel. And, and she talks to her about how she got on with Family Bible Times. Let's go. 
Well, hello. Thanks for having me today. Uh, yeah, I've got two boys and they are six and four at the moment. And um, I've got to be honest and say we're, we're a Christian family, but since they've been little and tiny, we, our Bible reading's probably been quite scatty. I mean, probably like most Christian families, we have about 14 toddler Bibles <laughs> of all different kind of shapes, sizes, peekaboo flaps and all of that. But to be fair, we hadn't really got in a routine with it. And um, when COVID kind of struck last year, it also sort of took away the things I realised I was kind of leaning on a bit for their kind of Bible education and also just general discipleship. I was like, oh, no, where's Sunday school gone? Oh, no, where are all our like Christian families who we have fellowship with and who we eat at each other's houses and where we pray for each other? You know, where? where's all that gone? Oh dear, I think it might be down to me and my husband. Because um, we suddenly kind of realised, ah, oh, God has actually entrusted these kids into our care. And it is our job um, to be discipling them and all the excuses have kind of gone now. So yeah, that's where we're at with our, like um, teaching the Bible with our kids. So it's nearly a year now. Um, we've been trying out some different things with different degrees of success, I'd say, uh, and quite a lot of laughs along the way. So that's that's where we're at. Can you tell me what does it look like to teach your children the Bible at the moment? OK, I'd say for starters, I got really lively and noisy children and very physical children. So it's not going to be a kind of bums on seats, quiet time scenario. Um, I'd say it's normally quite wriggly, noisy, argumentative. <laughs> um, there's nearly always a drink that gets spilled. I don't know why that is. Probably all parents are going, oh, yeah, we just never get through a meal at a restaurant or anywhere without a massive drink spillage. But that's definitely my experience whenever we try and like, guys, let's read this together. What do we think about it? So, um We've kind of gone a bit seasonal with some of the studies as well. And I've um, thanks actually in part to Faith in Kids and Faith in Parents podcast. Um, they kind of pushed me in the direction of some really helpful books. So um, started at the start of COVID, we, we got uh, The Wonder of Easter by Ed Drew. And no, I'm not on commission, so I'm not just clanging that one in there. <laughs> um, but we found that really good. And I must say, I think there are about 40 studies, the 40 days kind of um, up to, up until Easter Day, we probably managed about half of them. If I'm being honest, some days there just there wasn't the moment, or we were just like husband and wife passing with work, and we would, you know we didn't make time for it. But the days where we did, we felt like we were getting some momentum. And in that, it's got lots of little practical, different ideas and tips, or like, well, how about you cut out these pieces of paper and turn it from this into this, and kind of brings it to life, which we found really helpful. And then again, at Christmas, like Advent, we got um, A Better Than Anything Christmas by a lady called Barbara Rioch, I think her surname is. And I just found that really helpful. It didn't mean that I had to kind of carve out what I was going to do every day. All I had to do was just read it in advance, get the props ready, have a think about it for about one minute and then literally go for it. Um, and we sometimes added in our own kind of creative way. So that's kind of um, what we've been doing. And in between that, we we try and just tuck into the Bible like at bedtime with our kids, not necessarily every night. I think I've, I grew up with my parents doing that a bit more randomly. It wasn't like, and now we're going to have Bible time, which I just feel like. I find a bit vomit inducing when people say that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, so that's how we've been doing it, really. We try, like, 
it's a drip feed approach, I'd say, is what we go for. Like sometimes at breakfast, we'll open the Bible together or we'll be doing one of these seasonal kind of study little books or studies. Sometimes it's that we listen to a podcast um, and particularly like car journeys and things like that. We've been listening to Christian podcasts. Sometimes it's just that we've got worship music on and then we talk about the words. Um, and then my favourite thing to do about the Bible is baking <laughs> so and I think it's probably my kids favorite thing as well craft or baking um so I've got a book called baking through the bible and we have been trying to like read the stories and then bake inspired uh, by bits of the bible though last week it did go a little bit wrong <laughs> uh well we were doing a cake which <laughs> was gonna have a hidden baby in it <laughs> so you had to kind of pre-buy a madeira cake cut out little people with a gingerbread cutter line them all up in this tin and then make a chocolate cake and put it over it and then when you cut through the cake you could see um this immaculate conception you know the birth of jesus being born basically <laughs> in a cake i'm laughing about it even thinking about it because when we got it out of the oven it just looked like a massive poo, unfortunately, like a massive long poo where the little people had been in the middle, which is lightly coated in chocolate cake. And then there was massive bulges up the side. Honestly, we howled about it for ages, but they won't forget it in a hurry. Ed, I loved that. I love Rachel. I love how honest she was. I love that she has realised that it's my job to tell my kids about Jesus. And I love that she has realised that she can be her that if you're creative or if you're whatever you are and however God has gifted you, bring that to the table for your family. I love that. We're now going to hear from Matthew and Alison. I know we get to hear a little of their children shouting as well. I love that. I love hearing actual children. Watch out for the shout out about the sharp scissors. <laughs> Here they are. My name is Matthew and I'm joined by... Alison. Yeah. Evan. You're Evan, aren't you? Yeah. And how old are you, Evan? I'm more than six and a half. More than six and a half. Yeah, you are now, aren't you? Yeah. New fairy on the world. This Ooh. is my sister. Yeah. And I'm just four years old. Yeah, and she's called Fiona. Yeah. Yes. And if you were to open your front door, what would you see looking out? So we're quite fortunate. We live opposite a park. So there's a huge green space that we sort of joke is our front garden. Um, but yes, in the distance, there's a play area. So when the kids are very eagle-eyed, they want to just uh, run across to that. And what has your experience of family Bible times been? So I think our experience of, of family Bible times uh, has, has varied uh, over the years. I think... Um, uh, today, it's actually in, in uh, a, a good place. We're really thankful for what it's like. But perhaps if I, if I sort of go back before lockdown, uh, we really struggled as a family to, to get time together when we were not tired enough, not distracted by other things to actually look at God's word together. Um, I think lockdown forced us, obviously, to spend more time together. One of the things that, that I enjoyed was being able to have lunch with Alison and with the kids uh, in weekdays, so that was good. And we just sort of thought, look, why don't we try and do something at uh, after lunch? Because we're all there. We weren't all tired. We weren't all rushing off somewhere. Um, 
yeah, and, and, and praise God. We, we started off with, I think it was an awesome cutlery book. We've since done the Wonder of Easter book and we're going through the, the meals with Jesus book. And um, yeah, that's been a really fun thing to do together just for sort of probably no more than 10 minutes uh, most most weekday lunchtimes after our meal. How have you used things around your home to tell the stories? Yeah, we've used whatever's lying around in the kitchen. Uh, I think the, uh, the the current book we're on, uh, the, the Meals with Jesus, lends itself very well to that. Mm. Uh, whether it's pieces of pasta or I think recently we were doing um, Zacchaeus and we had some sort of plastic coins out so we could sort of uh, try and explain how much he, he gave away after he was after he was converted. We used old coins from when Mummy and Daddy were little. We did, yeah, yeah, some very old ancient coins, yeah. Uh, one of our favourites, I think, was when we had to carry as many cushions and pillows as possible. Yeah. That, was, that was funny. To see when you had enough, wasn't it? That was good. When we said we have to get the doodles off the beds for Daddy, but then he made it more challenging for us. For himself. We had to use one hand. One hand, yeah. yeah I did. <laughs> what was your favourite one recently? I liked uh, the one we had to collect the water tidy up the Duke flow and do the pasta. Oh, that was the three challenges, wasn't it? It was about which task was the most important. Yeah. Okay, and, and do you remember... the water was the most important. And when Daniel had run out of water, time was up. Time was up, that's right. We were talking about Mary and Martha, weren't we? And what was the yeah. important thing about listening to Jesus? Yeah, so we've used various aids. I think one of the most memorable for me early on was uh, we needed sort of some sort of toy donkey for Jesus walking into Jerusalem. We don't have a toy donkey, so we ended up using our sort of four-year-old's old zebra walking aid. So we had to answer some questions then about why is Jesus on a zebra. Um, but um, we, had, we had a good giggle, and I think the kids got the, uh, got the picture. Have there been any particular highlights and or lowlights from it? We'll always have those days where the children just won't sit still, and we just feel like we're telling them, to sit every 20 seconds yeah and we don't we feel like it's gone through you know gone in one ear and out the other um yeah they get distracted very easily that, that that's yeah. a, that's a sort of common challenge um they've been relatively well behaved but just yeah mind wandering and wanting to play with toys and, and, and sort of leave the table and stuff so that's um that can be a battle i think when we've got an activity as part of it that that really helps sort of grip yeah. them for for a bit which is good um, I, I really love it when we have the sort of the questions, OK, questions for three and four year olds, questions for five to seven year olds. And of course, because our kids are in different groups, it's very clear that, oh, this is my question or this is my question. Yeah, so, like so, so so they like that. I think, yeah, I mean, some days it, it can be great. They'll, they'll have listened and they'll they'll say some really good answers and things. I think this is great. And then other days you think it's obvious and they've had to read the passage three, four times before they can finally start to answer it. So it's a real... It's a real mixed bag. We never quite know how it's going to go from one day to the next. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember we went through the 12 plagues of Egypt. You know, we'd start with the question, well, what did we learn yesterday? Which we've now realised, and I think Ed mentioned it on a podcast, is a really bad question to start yeah. with. Never asked that question. Yeah. Um, and our then three-year-old, her answer was always, oh, was it Jesus? What was the plague yesterday? Yeah. Was it Jesus? Who <laughs> <laughs> spoke to Pharaoh? Was it Jesus? <laughs> um, so yeah, and and even now, I think she gets a bit miffed and has to 
think twice if the answer isn't Jesus, um, because that's her go-to. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess we've been sort of encouraged that, you know, when we think about kids who are more broadly in church, that actually the, the same applies here, that because they're so young, it, it's just sort of little and often right now, if we can just teach them some great truths that, that they can remember over the coming years and that helps sort of kind of give them a well-grounded faith as they grow up and mature, then um, then, then we feel like we're doing a, a, a good and godly thing, as it were. So. Yeah, just showing them that reading the Bible is important to mommy and daddy and that we want them to develop that habit as well. I guess the hardest thing is trying to engage ourselves and making sure that we ourselves are meeting with Jesus when you feel like the focus is that we're teaching the children and we're trying to get them to sit still and put the fork down and stop scratching or, you know, um, and actually probably the most important thing we can do, and but it's also the hardest thing, is actually showing that we're excited about Jesus and we love him and we're excited about what we're learning. What would your top tip be for someone who's never given family Bible times a go or they've tried it and it's been chaos? Set your expectations really low, I think. I think that's something that the books have helped us with is actually, you know, there's one question. And just because, yeah, we have a bad day doesn't mean that it's not a good thing to do tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I've yeah. been very grateful for, for the for the books. I mean, yes, there's, yeah. the, there's the two books from, from Ed, but there are others out there which actually, if I'm honest, make the preparation very easy. My preparation is normally 30 to 45 seconds of reading it ahead <laughs> of, of gathering everyone again to the table, um, getting the props if there's any needed, and, and then going for it. So, it. so it really is absolutely minimal preparation, which takes some of, some of the, the, the stress or pressure off if I've just come out of, out of a meeting straight before lunch or something so that so I don't really need any any time to prepare. So that's, it's been a really good, really good asset. Another thing is like another top tip is it feels really normal. And if you're expecting some kind of yeah. spiritual moment with your children every day, then that is, that's just not going to happen. It is going to feel very normal and standard and a bit pointless. Um, we know that that's how God works God works through the normal the week the chaotic I just want to say a massive thank you this has been such a joy you're welcome lovely to hear them wasn't it lovely to hear old coins zebras and what not to ask at the beginning of a family bible time i'm pleased we are all agreed not to say what did we learn yesterday because no one feels encouraged by the silence (laughs) and let's all be encouraged that every answer is jesus if you're three there's no failure in that bless her heart absolutely i loved the very simple bits of advice Little and often, and that um, a bad day doesn't mean that it will be a bad day again tomorrow. <laughs> Live to fight another day. I just think great. And, and, and that they did stuff. So when you hear the mom and dad talking, they were talking about the encouragements of the questions and the encouragements of... And when you hear the kids talking, they said, do you remember when we poured the water and held the cushions and had the coins? So it's always worth effort to get something out, even if it's 
Not very impressive. The kids will remember. Can I repeat a story I, I think about often, which is talking to the son of a sort of mighty godly family who always did Bible times growing up. The son is now my age. I said, go on, tell me all the things you remember. He paused and said, I only remember the time dad fell off his chair. He couldn't remember a single thing he learned in family Bible time. Therefore, if your children remember carrying too many cushions and that dad had to put one hand behind his back and that's the only thing they remember, brilliant. They are there. They are listening. God is hearing your prayers. He is speaking to their hearts. Keep it there. Yep. I think we've, we've done Matthew and Alison. We're off to Emily. I'm from Beckles in Suffolk. Um, and at home is my husband, Tom. And we've got three boys who are aged nine, eight and six. And if you were to look out of your front door, what would you see? Actually, it's lovely and sunny today. And I can in the garden is a junk model castle that my six-year-old made this morning. And it actually wasn't raining today. So I sent him into the garden to paint it. Um, so that's what homeschooling has involved today is a junk model castle that I can see out my window. Tell us, is family bubble time a routine thing for your family? Is it ad hoc? Is it somewhere in between? I'd say it's routine. I think we're quite routine people in this house and routine helps us. So we do try and um, every night, usually after tea, we do something. Do you feel like anything goes in? Do you see any change? Do you hear anything back that you think, oh, they did get that? I think the Bible's often described, isn't it, as like our food. And I think we know that we need to regularly eat. (laughs) Um, And I think it's the same with God's word, actually, the routine of every day seeking, or most days at least, every trying to learn from God's word. And we just pray as parents that it makes its impact on our children and that God's spirit will work. And encouraging kids to pray can be tricky, but do you have anything that you've found that's helped the, your kids to pray? Yeah, I think that's one of the encouragements recently, actually. Um, I think when they're younger, it can feel like, well, often we would do the praying for them, or you would say, why don't you pray this? And they would literally just repeat what you say. Um, and I think I've just been really encouraged recently by the way the children have um, seemed to have... Um, started to put their prayers in their own words and it feel a bit more natural and I was just thinking about this thinking actually Jesus disciples said to Jesus teach us to pray and Jesus did he gave him that example prayer and he was um he didn't tell them off for um, needing to learn to pray and I think that's the same with our children is actually they need to learn to pray um, and it can feel at the beginning like it's just quite a mechanical like almost like they're being robots um, but I think what's encouraged us is actually just seeing that um, they're starting to just make it more their own. Um, whether that's praying before they read the Bible or after, they just have it. I guess the God's Word is um, it's the only book, isn't it, where we read it and the author is with us as we read it. And we can ask him to help us to understand it. We then seek to ask him to help us to obey and to be changed and I think we've just tried to help our children to see that that's exciting and actually God really can help us to read and to learn and to understand and that makes it really different from doing our English comprehension and homeschooling um, 
And I think we've just seen that um, it's just thrilled our hearts really to see that slowly um, they've started to just see that that's what we do when we read the Bible. Um, that, do that doesn't always happen perfectly. We have many moments where um, it all descends into silliness and etc. Um, in our Bible times. Um, but there's just been some lovely moments recently where I've just seen God at work, really, and them just responding really naturally to what they've read in, in the Bible, which has just been lovely. Anything else that you found that helps? Keeping in short, I think, helps. I think less is more often when it comes to um, family Bible times. Um, we have three, three boys, and it can very easily... Meal time, it's not exactly high for our conversation. And Bible times also can end up descending into someone says something silly and everyone laughs and no one can stop laughing. Um, so I think often less is more, keep things brief. And I think the other thing that we've just recently found quite helpful is everyone having their own Bible. And we find that our children just love having their own Bible that's the same as the one we have at church and the same as mummy and daddy's Bible. Um, as much as I encourage them to use the kind of children's version that's a bit easier, they just love having their own um, Bible. And we find that really helps. So it, before Christmas, actually, we were um, doing a kind of Bible overview thing in the lead up to Christmas where we just read a few verses at tea time and talk about them. And we find it just was quite hard work to start with. And when we actually decided everyone would have their own Bible in front of them, it was so much easier. And actually, they all really like that and being grown up and um, so that's yeah that would be my tip that actually having their bible that they love that they like that there's it's their bible um has been a good thing for our children isn't it great to hear that children are making their faith their own from an early age now when i say it like that it sounds grand <laughs> and intimidating but emily just explained it beautifully children just blurt out prayers to their heavenly father and they're their own I love that Emily is celebrating that. If your children pray a prayer and you didn't tell them exactly what to say, well done. <laughs> and if they haven't yet got that far, don't panic. It's on the way. Amy, what encouraged you? I loved that they worked out what worked for them. So just a simple thing of everyone having their own Bible made a big difference. Try it. Do something differently. Shake it up a bit. I also loved less is more. So in the spirit of less is more, let's move on, Ed. Who's next? We're back to Rachel, who we started with. Let's hear from Rachel again. I think one one low light might have been when we were talking about um, how we can pray for forgiveness from our sins and that once we've done that, God wipes away the sin. So to illustrate that, it was suggested in Ed's book that we get some paper, we put it in a fireproof mug and we set it alight and it's gone. So the kids can sort of see, look, their sins are forgiven when they seek forgiveness. Although whilst we, I turned my back, we'd lit it and I turned back and we're just describing this amazing forgiveness. Unfortunately, the fire bit flopped out of the mug and then sort of like caught on another bit of <laughs> another bit of paper. So the whole breakfast bar... <laughs> Ended up kind of like, I would just chuck water everywhere all over it. Um, so that was memorable, probably all for the wrong reasons. But then I think there were like little breakthrough moments where by the grace of God, you realise that some things are going in. And last, a couple of weeks ago, my grandfather suddenly passed away. And the first thing my four-year-old said was, that's okay, mum, because he was a Christian 
and we're Christians. So one day we'll see him again in heaven. And I was like, hallelujah. After all this time, feeling like nothing is seeping in and they end up kind of putting rude words in Christian songs as instead or making silly rhymes. And then you realise that actually, um, you know, by God's grace, things are filtering in. So praise God for that. That is so encouraging, isn't it? That is wonderful to hear. Have there been any moments where you you feel like you've seen a change in your kids from what you've been reading or talking about? Yeah, definitely. I'd say um, with my six-year-old, I've seen a change recently in this kind of third lockdown. Um, Partly, again, kind of the catalyst was actually getting him a Bible that was a bit more um, his style. And by that, I mean, um, I bought him the Action Bible, which is all kind of um, got pictures, all like a comic, but it goes right through the Bible. And it's really amazing. And myself, like I'm really dyslexic. And I found actually reading the Action Bible, seeing the pictures, it's really brought it off the page to me in a, in a complete different way and actually a change is from me going like no we're going to try and read this every evening actually he's like we forgot to read the actual bible you know like every night like calling me back while I'm cooking dinner like at eight o'clock we haven't read it and you're like oh oh okay he's got me there <laughs> like you normally I'm like get back in bed but now I'm like okay we'll read your bible so I think it it shows for me like after quite a few years of sort of encouraging you know where it's kind of like adult led that then there's a bit of a switch where it's like they're finding their own faith and they want want to explore the bible in their own right and read it in their own time and like ask for us to read it so that's been really really encouraging and i think the other thing would be like hearing awesome cutlery songs we've really enjoyed again like prompted by the podcast I'm a musician myself, and I've got to say, these songs are absolutely awesome and infuriating earworms all at the same time. (laughs) Why are they awesome? They're awesome because the lyrics are fresh from the Bible, and they've got really awesome tunes, which are so catchy. As an adult, you're like, I can't get that song out of my head. Uh, Maybe that's just the musician in me. It drives me a little bit bonkers. But... How cool to hear our kids like singing truths and just requesting those songs. And sometimes when we're in a scenario where, I don't know, we're talking about kindness or we're talking about forgiveness or we're talking about something else, they will draw on a line of the song, which is from the Bible. So I think as a musician as well, it just sort of, and as we often do in church, we use worship songs um, to remind us of truth. And I found that to be really powerful in my own life and, and in my kids' life for really retaining um, that information and kind of being able to draw on that. So, What was it that made you want to give your first family Bible time a go? I think realising that it doesn't have to be perfect. I think some of the examples Amy says and talks through, realising like she sounds like she knows the way God's wired her and she rolls with that so for her she talks quite a lot about taking her kids outside and um, like making things practical and funny and that resonated with me I thought hang on a minute I'm creative in my job I'm musical why don't I use the skills God's given me to teach the Bible in a way that's creative and maybe musical with my kids at home rather than feeling like 
um, I need to be a vicar. <laughs> sort of this kind of old fashioned sort of picture I have in my head of everyone, all the children sitting perfectly at the table using knives and forks. And now we're going to open the Bible. You know, that might work for some families. Um, but for mine, if I can even get them to sit down for the duration that they're actually eating the food, I feel like that's a success at the moment. So, yeah, I think that's what's prompted me to have a go is that sense that um, it's probably going to go quite wrong most of the time. But but keep going, give it a go and do it the way God's calling you to do it. And that's that's our heart that matters is that we want to be um, teaching the Bible and discipling our kids. And God sees our heart. It doesn't, doesn't matter whether we've made an advent calendar that has organic bags hanging from fur, <laughs> fur pine cones with Bible verses stitched on them <laughs> or not. <laughs> if you could give one tip to somebody either that you found along the way or that someone shared with you to be useful, what would that be? I think it would be a bit like with exercise. Just get on with it, you know? (laughs) Stop making excuses and just get on with it because it's not as bad or as hard as you think it might be. And that's definitely my experience of exercise because I I think probably getting the outfit on and just pressing go on YouTube, which is what it is at the moment, is the hardest hurdle. Once I've done that, I know it's good for me. So I would say press on, give it a go, maybe write a diary of the funny things that you found along the way, um, you know, where you've done a beautiful Bible story and you feel like everyone's listened and then everyone draws a response and they draw a skyscraper for no reason at all. (laughs) It's definitely happened to me. So yeah, keep a diary, keep laughing, keep enjoying it. And um, yeah, go for it. Amy, you loved this, didn't you? I did. I loved Rachel. I loved how honest she was. I loved that she talked about mixing it up, that she's, that she's worked out what do we enjoy as a family. We love baking. So let's do baking. I've loved that she's, She's putting podcasts on that she's trying. She's being her and she's bringing her to the table. And I just, the story about granddad, that, that's it. That's why we do this. That's why we put the effort in because we are putting in those foundations of faith, those, those rocks, those anchor things to cling to so that when things go wrong in life, those foundation stones are already there and your children know. Know the truth. Granddad is in heaven know who to turn to, know what is real. And I just think, you know, you don't have to be a vicar. You do have to be you. Starting is the hardest, but it's worth it for moments like that. And let's just be clear, we don't need to wait for the Bible time that makes all of them worthwhile. You do Bible times for when you're not doing a Bible time. That's the story of Grandad's funeral, isn't it? You keep doing them for years and years. So a little sweet face done up in a shirt explains to you why they're not crying at Grandad's funeral. I'd do it for that. Rachel, thank you so much. Now, may I say to you, if you are encouraged listening to this, why don't you drop us an email? I think... Because we're now measuring in the thousands of listeners, we can't interview all of you. Yeah. But we would love to interview a few of you. We would. We'd love to hear from families. We'd love to hear from normal families. We'd love your stories. I'd love to hear if you don't sound quite as together as some of our some of our contributors did today. <laughs> I'd like to hear from you if you're a dad and you don't even know 
what you're going to say. I'd also like to hear from you if you don't think your family sounds like these people and you know why, but we don't yet know why. We would love, if you like, a more diverse episode next time. Two weeks' time, we're going to have episode two of your stories. Contact us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or the old favourite email. Amy, what's the address? It's podcast at faithinkids.org. I'm going to give thanks to the Lord for these stories. Let's pray. Dear Father, I praise you that you are working in families. I praise you that we're not alone. We're not the only family trying to make this work and we're not the only family finding it hard. We're not the only family having to change it up all the time. We're not the only family that finds that it's the cushions our children remember and not Jesus. We're not the only family that think Jesus is the only answer. But thank you we're not the only family where the Spirit is at work, where the Bible is opened, and our hearts are occasionally encouraged by seeing you at work. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. See you next time. More stories, your stories can't wait. Bye-bye. Bye. Just before you go, thank you so much for listening. My name's Rachel, and I'm fairly new to the Faith in Kids team. Just a quick shout-out that we've produced a book Meals with Jesus. Ed's written a collection of 10-minute family devotions that explore Jesus' character through nine meals he shares in Luke's Gospel. Maybe now is the time to build new habits for your family through lockdown. This book is to help you have a go at reading the Bible with your kids, maybe for your first ever family Bible time. Meals with Jesus has separate questions for different age groups, so the whole family can enjoy looking at the Bible together As you read these passages, your children will be transported to the dinner table alongside Jesus, seeing for themselves who Jesus really is and why they can trust him. You can either download the ebook or order a print copy by heading to thegoodbook.co.uk or thegoodbook.com and search Meals with Jesus. Jesus.